evening and welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. On the show tonight we got Ian Welsh. Ricky Hyatt as usual. Dave Hilda Pryor as usual. I'm there as well. Our football away man, Gavin Cheatham's here. And we've got our European correspondent, Mr. Hugo Rodriguez. So sit back and enjoy a load of football banter. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of... Football Bloody Hell! And we've got another Wednesday special for you here on Three Valleys Radio. So that voice that you just heard, of course, is Mr. A.D. Hopper. How are you doing, Aid? I'm all right. I'm, I'm just watching our European correspondent driving like flat out through the streets of Portugal, which is <laughs> quite interesting. It looks sunny over there. Is it sunny, Hugo? No answer was the stern reply. So now, so now yes, yeah, so I will just let the listeners let, know that Hugo Rodriguez is going to be joining us from the sunny streets of Portugal, <coughs> but he is having to concentrate on his driving. I must point out that if anybody of um, the law enforcement is listening, he is hands-free. Are you there, Hugo? Put your audio on, Hugo. Let the poor bloke concentrate on driving. <laughs> we'll, come to, we'll, come to, we'll come to him in a Jeez. second, because that other voice you can hear is Ricky Hyatt. How you doing, Rick? All right, sir. I'm, I'm not driving. <laughs> They're just driving some of the listeners mad, maybe, by what you have if to I say. Was driving, knows. If I was driving, I wouldn't want to have you and Mr. Offer shouting in the ear all the also joining us this evening is uh, Three Valleys commentator Gav Cheatham. How are you doing, Gav? Even Dave, you never run. Very good, thank you. Excellent. And lastly, uh, a name that you will recognise because we have our Hewish Park Stadium announcer joining us, Mr Ian Welch. How are you doing, Welchie? Hello, everybody. Maybe not name, maybe the voice. I might recognise the voice maybe more than the name. <laughs> but yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you all? Yes, good, mate. Good. Now that Ian, we're all, Ian, yeah, you've been, not all you've there. You've got this halfway through to announce some birthdays. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Don't have any. Okay. Not this week. Not for mm-hmm. to have it. Read out the crowd. I, I can do it if you want me to. <laughs> I think Hugo's crashed. He suddenly disappeared. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly surprising. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Anyway, don't carry on, then. Carry on, Hilda. <laughs> OK, well, I was hoping that with Hugo around, we're going to be able to... Uh, speak to him just to find out what he's thought of the Yeovil Town situation over the last uh, couple of months, watching it from afar. So, um, Ian, I'm going to have to put you on the spot a little bit, my friend, because um, obviously you're in and around the club these days, but you must be pretty excited like the rest of us that um, there's a change of foot and things suddenly start to look in a bit more of a positive light. Uh, yeah, yeah, change change sometimes can be bad, but on this occasion I think change will be very good. Um, I still really can't get my head around what the stewards were, who the stewards were, what the point, purpose of the stewards were. Martin, I think it, it's today it, it all came through that um, Scott Priest was officially off the board. Yep. All of his accounts have been all signed over. So, yeah, it's um, Martin's been a very good sponsor at the club for a number of years, to be fair to him. He sponsored the main stand and that and the conference suite as well, and um, he's always getting a signed shirt here and there. But yeah, he's a great bloke, he's a really, really great bloke. And um, I'll let you into a little secret: he loves a little hot dog from Kiosk Three. He loves it. He loves a halftime hot dog. I'm pretty sure he's going to get more than that now. Specifically, he, Kiosk Three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He won't go to anywhere else but Kiosk Three. He told me. Don't know what it is about Kiosk Three, but he loves a hot dog. Hugo, I saw that. That was hands free. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. You took your you took your hands off the steering wheel. I, 
He's going to drive this car. <laughs> I'm driving, I'm driving now. It's not easy to talk and drive at the same time. So. <laughs> no, no, don't worry, Hugo. We'll let you drive and we'll bring you in um, a little bit later. Um, okay. Yeah, just touching on what Ian said there. Um, to, be fair, listen. to be fair to Mr. Hellier, he did say that, um, you know, if you're, if you're a little bit sceptical about me, just have a little look in a few weeks' time and you will see on Company's house that it has been changed and Mr. Prusner was no longer involved. And as Welchie's just touched on there, today is that day. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah, because I think it was the 12th, the 12th of May when uh, it changed over and he did say, like you say, true to his word, give it a few weeks and the sceptics will be able to, the, the non-believers will be able to see that, that Scott Prusner has no involvement in the club and that is... Uh, I've seen the um, I've seen the screenshots of it today, and it's uh, yeah, it's no longer the case. So um, yeah, so it's all signings and the improvements around the ground and the new signing yesterday. It's all um, nothing but positive news at the moment, is it? When we normally go into a summer with, ooh, you know, who's the manager, who's the players. Uh, well, just touching on that. Um, you mentioned about the new signer signing. Um, Rick, I'll come to you. Uh, Jamie Stendhal's white um, has has joined, come in from Welling, but does have experience with Torquay United um, in the Vanarama South. Got promotion with them, and it's those kind of players that are probably going to prove valuable uh, come the end of the season. It looks like it. I mean, people with experience of uh, that division are going to be what what makes a difference. I think we've. As we, were, we touched on with Matt earlier in the week, keeping the, the nucleus of the squad together is quite important. And if you can add a few players who are hungry and have got experience in that division, then it all bodes well for the future, hopefully. And AD will hopefully have um, Mr Hellier on again soon um, to discuss the ongoing situation at the club and to provide the listeners with more updates, which is he said on the previous podcast that He's going to be trying try and be as transparent as possible and still true to his word. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's scheduled to come on in a couple of weeks, so that'll be good. And uh, I'm sure by then he'll have even more news for us. But, I mean, he's doing pretty well so far already. Um, you know, players are coming in. We've got a manager that knows the club now because he's been here for a while. Um, yeah, it's, it's all looking very positive. And I think, I think when people come into the ground and they see what they've done just a simple little thing like doing I, I mean I, I must admit I didn't know that plastic was subject to um, recolouring itself when you heat it up but apparently that's what's going on and uh, the, I, I saw just one section of seats the last time I was there and it looked absolutely brilliant now when you get the whole stadium that's done like that it's going to look like a new stadium almost so and, and such a relatively cheap and an insignificant thing to do although i'm sure mr hellier's son probably wouldn't call it insignificant because it's a lot of hard work but under that it's 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 working very well it looks good it looks really good so you know more power to uh, martin's elbow i suggest and if he wants to have a few more burgers on us i'm sure we'll be prepared to buy him one yeah, I think he won't be short of uh, people offering him a beer or a burger or hot dog from Kiosk Free or whatever he wants. No. Um, that's for certain. I mean, um, Gav, I'll, I'll come back to you a second. The fact that um, we've already started to see some transfer business now. We know other stuff has, has been taken care of so far since Hellier's taken over, taken over the club. Well, now hopefully the fans can get excited about um, on the pitch things coming through the door particularly with signings yeah definitely and um, we have a we have got a big core of, of contracted players haven't we I think it was 15 at the end of the season I know what you know, we're all realistic to know that those 15 won't all be there at the start of the season but a vast majority of them will be there will be offers coming in for some of them and then since then Matt Webbington and uh, Boosie have uh, signed so that's and then uh, the signing yesterday. So it's all it's all looking promising. I know some people online, you know, that negative Nelly to saying, "Oh, we haven't signed a striker yet. We need strikers. We need striker." But like someone pointed out, um, we're not even at the end of May yet until obviously tomorrow. And then um, contracts run until the thirtieth of June. So you will find you may see a bit of business now. And then, um, but the contracts won't start until July the first. And then 
you normally see another raft of uh, business again at start of pre-season and in the run-up when the EFL clubs um, trim their squads and then we will get some youngsters filtering down the pyramid all the way down to uh, National League South and we can hopefully pick up a few Adam Stansfield-esque gems there to uh, bang the goals in. I think Hugo's just gone past Porto's stadium now. Porto, Porto, Porto! No, I'm far away from Porto Stadium. <laughs> um, Ian, I'll just throw one to you because it has been announced as well that um, Mark Robinson is now going to be a member of the board. And Mark is obviously someone you know well. He's been in the commercial role um, for the last couple of years now. But that, that seems like a really good fit from the outside looking in. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're all say how pleased we are for Mark, actually. Him, James Hillier... Rob Baker, Sam Collard, they're the they're the, um, the bread and butter of that of that club, really. And part of Martin's remit is to reward people that work hard for him. So having Mark Robinson on the board will be fantastic. Saw so, um I saw Mark at the cricket on Friday. Jurassic Five response to the cricket as well, and they've got this massive fan village at the county ground. And um, Mark was looking at getting some of that to Hewish Park pre-match as well. So uh, he's he's fully scouting this summer. And I'm, I'm really pleased for Mark. He, generally, he works really, really hard. And um, I don't think I've known many people work harder at that club. And uh, when, you, when you think when he took over, the restaurant was, what, maybe a quarter full. Now he's got waiting lists coming out of his ears just for people to join him on match days. So, yeah, he's, he's doing really well. And, um, yeah, couldn't be, couldn't be more proud of him, actually. He's a great boss as well. Next time you meet up with Jurassic Fiber, can you have a word with him about getting... Uh, broadband in the North Parrot because I'm fed up with waiting for them. <laughs> I mean, at this rate, I should get a drastic fiber. I should get my own box outside my house, I reckon, Andy. Yeah, the amount right. of times I mention them. Well, we've been waiting for years, well, it seems yeah. like years over here, and there's still no sign of it. They've been out and measured well, up, but that's all they've done so far. Well, that's no good. But this <laughs> this drastic fiber village that they, they've done at the cricket club is absolutely fantastic. Massive stage, uh, local artist plays. They've got a um, a pumping. You like you you make your own beer, like you pump your own beer. It's all self service, and then they've just got loads of food outlets. And um, Mark's working on it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm allowed to say what he's really doing, but he's working on it. And um, when it happens, him and Halia will be very pleased with the outcome. Sounds good. I mean, this Sounds this very is the kind good. of stuff. Yeah, Aidy, like you just touched on there, this is the stuff that we've been waiting on, you know, for quite some time, isn't it? And like Ian touches on there, getting someone in the board like Mark Robinson, who's been there and in and amongst it the last couple of years, that can only be a positive thing for the club. No, I think it's it's a question of getting as many people as he can on board that have got a knowledge of the club. You know, I mean, there are a few people around, and. Um... You know, I'm sure that, that Martin knows who they are and he will get them on board, I'm sure, as soon as he can. Um, because it's, it's, you know, it's an important... The backroom staff are, are make the whole club tick. And Martin's got other business ventures as well, which obviously he's kind of uh, pay attention to as well. Although I'm sure at the moment it's all Yeovil Town. But I mean, uh, you know, when you've got three or four different interests in business, you've got to be spread yourself, you know, equally amongst all three or four of them, haven't you? So on this this week's episode, because Hugo is currently in the middle of um, manoeuvring and getting parked up um, at home, I'm going to be backwards and forwards with questions because I'm going to move us on, but I also want to make sure that I do ask Hugo about um, all things Yeovil Town later in the podcast. But (laughs) until he's parked up, Rick, I'll give you a chance to give us a little bit of FA Cup preview because Manchester United are obviously playing... Manchester City um, on Saturday and from your point of view is it more about winning the trophy or more about City from winning another one? Uh, United hopefully will uh, do their treble busting thing like they did in 1977 and stop uh, the um, Lance Armstrong of football adding another asterisk trophy to their hall at the moment so uh, I mean City look impressive although obviously off the boil on on Sunday against Brentford but I mean 
the way they've been playing over the last few weeks is pretty impressive. But I mean, I think that um, United are in with a chance, in with a shout. There's always a one-off game, isn't it? It's a derby at London, at Wembley. So um, yeah, I just fingers crossed. Really, I'll be uh, I'll be playing cricket at the time, so uh, it'll either be the, a really great day or a really bad day, one or the other. Don't it? You'll be frantically looking at your phone, Rick. Will you? Yeah, while it's competitive, and then I might s- slope off third man and have a cry, just depending on how things are going. What about you, Aid? Will you be gathered round the TV with uh, the snacks? Yeah, of course I will. Um, I should be there to watch the derby first, and then uh, obviously the cup final. I think you know, United have got a, a, a chance, a fair chance. Uh, it's a one-off game, as Rick said, and you never know in these sort of situations. You've only got to get... You know, you could get a sudden injury of something for for somebody for City. And I, I suspect you must be you must be pleased that um, Martial's been ruled out injured. I did see that earlier today. Yeah, that I think that gives us you. a far better chance, at least fifty percent better <laughs> chance of winning it. So, uh, I mean, did you see the pictures? Did you see the pictures? He pulled his hamstring during Ten Hag's speech at the end of the game. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah, oh, pathetic. It's incredible that bloke. Yeah. I think the sooner he gets on his bike, the better. But uh, no, I'm, as I say, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. But um, as Rick said, you know, we've done it before. We've stopped somebody winning the treble before. Who was it? Um, oh, yes, it was Liverpool, wasn't it? Of course it was, yes. Um, you know, so why can't we do it again? Why can't we do it again? And I think the fact that uh, Martial's not playing, that could somehow find a place for Garnacho, who I think is a really exciting player. And... I hope he plays because I think he's he's always got the idea of scoring a goal in his head. That's for certain. So we shall see. Fingers are crossed. Three Can o'clock get... on a Saturday, which is nice, though. Yeah, oh, old school. Yeah, yeah. But apparently that's that's for policing reasons more than uh, taking the moral high ground and wanting tradition. But uh, yeah, three o'clock on a Saturday, which is nice. Have you stopped, Hugo? You look like you've stopped. That was going to be my question. I was in the lights. I'm almost at home. But uh, talking about the game, I don't think United have any chance against City. <laughs> Stupid boy. Get back in your car oh, and serious. drive to Porto. When, you go, when, did you when, really? I mean, you're not... <laughs> when you see the, the, the way City's playing and uh, you see United playing, it's, it's a different world at this stage. Forget it. You saw City play against Real Madrid and what they've done. What a crash United. Why did I bother to ask him on? Can somebody tell me? Why did I bother? You know, he's supposed to give give a sort of sensible, you know, um, viewpoint. And If you look to United team, they have uh, a lot of uh, moods during the season. They are in the great, uh, great shape. Then the game, the next game, they lose about four or five nil. After that, they win again, they lose again. And against, against a team like City, it's impossible if you are up and down during the game, you know? Well, I look, I look forward to you having, having a, uh, a spot on the show next week or the week after, and we can discuss it again then, here, Hugo. Hugo's <laughs> humble pie next Saturday. Tune in. Yeah, that'll be good, won't it? We'll get a, a record assistant. I, I understand uh, what your feelings and... But, He's someone that is looking outside England, and you must be fair. Is a big, is a huge difference now between Manchester City and Manchester United. A big difference. Well, what about your mate here, Even um, the Bruno? Way, the way the what about your mate Bruno? He's, he's doing a great job this season. And your I other mate Diogo, he's Bruno just signed a new contract team. as well. But when you look to the goalkeeper, that is a great goalkeeper. But sometimes. You, you know, some well, of yeah, the I, wouldn't, are, are I wouldn't disagree with that Spanish. particular point, but uh, you know, when you look with your your central backs, they are poor when you compare with the city one. So it's impossible to compare at this moment both teams. That is my opinion. Oh, I will bet. I'm beginning to fall asleep now, aren't you, Rick? It's just getting pretty boring, really. <laughs> I thought he was on the talk one. about Yeovil. Yeah, that's right. Why are you talking to him about Yeovil, Hugo? You might know something about that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I saw that he's a new owner because I, I'm, I'm still doing part of some uh, Yobotan groups of the fans in the, in the Facebook. And I saw that they sell the club. And I hope that is the beginning of a new, a new history, you know, a new story because 
lower than this is impossible. I think we, we is imp when you remember that 10 years ago, they are playing championship and, uh, and now they are the lower they can be, you know? Yeah. There's no need to remind us of it, Hugo. <laughs> yeah, we're well aware. <laughs> no, you, you, you have to look to that. For example, taking the example of uh, Luton. They've been promoted, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, and uh, a few seasons ago, they are fighting in the lower division. So maybe it's an example to, to follow. Ah, we'll see. We'll see. But you're right, but we were uh, 10 years ago in the championship and I can remember it well. It's, it's not going to be as easy as people think. It really isn't. It's a tough old league, National League, South. Mm. Well, probably the same as National League. It's a tough old league as well. All the leagues are tough. But if you are not... Uh, you, you need to compete and, and be better than the other ones. You know, It's impossible a team like Yeovil, with the history that they have, uh, be afraid to play in these competitions, in this league. They must assume that they are the, the favourites and begin to win the, the first game, the second game, and mark a position. Not let the things go and see how the things will be. They we are had, the favourites. We had um, yeah? we had Matty Worthington on the show on Monday, and um, he was talking about the pressure that might be on the club to, to bounce straight back, because as you've said, they've, they've gone down and down and down. But I put it to him that, obviously I can't speak on behalf of every fan but I think that all that a majority want is just to see a little bit of a winning feeling again whether that gets you promoted first time around we obviously hope it does but we've just had so many years of looking over our shoulder I think it would just be nice to be able to have some positive results and on more than one occasion just be two or three nil up which is something that we just haven't experienced for too long now yeah it's true can you remember the last time we were three nil up Gab? No. Can you remember the last time we scored two home goals? Yeah. Well, New Year's Day, Torquay, up to now, wasn't it? But I can't think of... Um... Oh, Gateshead was 3-1, but not three clear goals. Yeah. I mean, like like Dave said, it'd be nice. We didn't go back-to-back -back at all last season, did we? We only had seven wins all season, only one away from home. You know, it'd be nice just to win, you know, two or three on the spin. I think it's with. important that we, we do start winning straight away. Because I've noticed in, in other sports, cricket in particular, you know, if you start badly, you start a season record notice, you know, it's it's it, it's very difficult to turn things around, isn't it, mate? I'm talking about the first more than the seconds, in all honesty, but you need, seriously. You need the first victory, the second victory, and the things will go easily. You know, the things begun to be easy. If you lose the first and you lose the second, then you draw the third game. Yeah. No, you need to to win the first, the second, and then the the team will will be more happy. The things flew naturally. You know, they need that. They yeah. need a good a good preseason, good pre-match seasons, and uh, to win. The mentality will change straight away if you begin to win games. You know, the mood of the the the, the mood around the, the the team, the mood around the, the fans will change immediately if you begin to win. Mm. And then the things will go and run normally. How many teams go up? Two? Yeah, yeah. one automatic, one by the playoffs. So the main goal is to be the first, to go automatically mm -hmm. up. Oh, yeah. So, and and that is any team. Uh, I was seeing the teams that were playing against the Oval last season. I don't remember. Uh, well, talk, a stronger... talkie, get Torquay under Gary Johnson will probably be the one that you would expect to be rivaling Yeovil if they get off to the start that we hope they that they do. But they are, are they a stronger uh, club than Yeovil? I'm not talking about the teams, as a club. Yeovil is the strongest club in that league, so they must be the favourite and assume that, you know. Go to the field and win the games. Is there, the, the responsibility will be all in the Yeovil team. Apart, mm -hmm. apart from Torquay, Ian, who do you reckon is the biggest potential rival, apart from Torquay? Oh, now you've asked the question. 
who else went down? It was Maidstone, Maidstone. wasn't it? Maidstone. Maidstone. And then obviously uh, Scunthorpe went in the Northern League. Because mm. one yeah. team's got a swap, haven't they? Because Bishop Stortford are uh, appealing. Uh, they've been moved to the north, haven't they? And they're appealing the uh, change. So uh, their hearing's going to be held early early next month. Mm. Yeah, we never know what um, Western Supermare team are going to turn up. Oxford were a bit unlucky this year as well. I think who, Ta- who Taunton else? could could. I mean, judging by what Taunton did against us last year in the cup, yeah. Um, you know, I think they've they've probably got as as good a chance as anybody potentially. Um, I mean, yeah, Bath City. Jerry Gill is such a great manager and such a great bloke. If he gets them firing, then Bath City could well be within it. They're just some really random teams that I've never heard of. Who are Tonebridge <laughs> Angels? Who are they? Tonebridge Wells, I expect that is, isn't it? Me. Is it Tonebridge Wells? Would it be in Kent? Oh. Yeah, it might be, yeah. I don't know, I'm guessing, but... I mean, If ever there was a conversation which uh, really kind of... <laughs> showed us how far down we've gone it's yeah. this one <laughs> yeah. ain't that the truth ain't that the truth I mean we we do have we keeping Mark Cooper is a very good sign keeping pretend, well, keeping Josh Johnson as captain is another great sign you can sort of build your core around those sort of people and, yeah. and as as Hugo said you've got to go all guns firing I know I know it wasn't particularly Mark Cooper's fault this year but the home form really has to pick up next year that has to be. That really has to be a fortress here, Spark. You have I mean, to really argue in with only one one win yeah. passing. So both. It can be done. Though. Yeah. I mean, United proved that they lost the first two. I think or was it the first? Just the first one. I know it's Brighton, wasn't it? Uh, Brighton and then Brentford away, wasn't it? Yeah, but I mean, and since then they've been completely unbeaten at, at uh, Old Trafford. So you can do it, even if you have a bad mm. start. It's, it's possible. I'll tell you who was good on the last away game was um, Ollie Haste. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. He he and when Banjani came on as well, he was he was also very effective. Now I know we're looking at the transfer market for this and that, but actually probably if we we're gonna sign these younger players up, the National League South's probably where they should be playing, surely. Yeah. Well you want youngsters anyway, don't you? I mean when I, I say that you know, you wanna be able to Build a team around a young team and and then let it progress and get older as as it progresses through the leagues. That's what you want. Well, it's ironic in a way, if that's the right word, that the National League South and North are probably where Yeovil typically would send out their youngsters on loan. Yeah. So now that the whole first team are going to be in that uh, same division, maybe like. Ian touches on maybe we're going to see a few more of these of these players now, and that can only be a good thing if it um, mm. improves the team and gets some homegrown ones in there. I yeah. mean, Ollie Haste, he was he was brilliant. He was he really was great alongside Max Hunt, and um, yeah, he was so commanding, so controlling, and um, they've got quite a good pathway actually coming from the under 18s with Matt all the way in. Mm. I hope the guy, um, is it Maguire Drew? He's been yeah. dis- disappointed, I think. I hope maybe his sort of, he ought to have uh, the ability um, and the background to be able to show himself in this league, surely. And he didn't really do that much, I didn't think, last season, Piovo. I think Mark Cooper said AD in his defence that he was playing with a not that needed uh, either rest or an operation over the summer so that might have been but I do agree some of his performances he's a you know he came from winning the National League playoffs with Grimsby didn't he before yeah, we exactly. find him on loan initially and then permanently so you know he should tear it up at National League side no disrespect yeah. to other National League type but he should he's a, a quality player it's just if he can turn it on mm. week in week out which we want him to rather than just for the bigger games I am um, Rick. I wonder if um, you watch the Somerset Cup at all, Rick. Rick. Yeah. I wonder what team we're going to put out. <laughs> like, are we going because yeah. our first team is practically going to be the only one, surely? Because Gra- exactly. Graziano, Graziano was really good. Yeah. 
it, it, it's, it's funny, isn't it? We're not, we haven't got the, I wouldn't say it's a luxury of that second tier of games because all the games are going to be of a similar sort of standard. So you're not rotating people like you would, but it's about momentum, isn't it? That's what it's about. Get that first win on the board as soon as possible. Win two games back to back, which is the one thing we never really got last season. Never got a run of results together. And that, that creates belief. And like I say, it's momentum. And then people come into a winning dressing room. The first three or four games are going to be so crucial next season mm. for so many reasons. I Talking suppose... of the dressing room, have you, um, have you heard that Josh Thornton has been tasked with revamping the dressing room? Yeah, he was saying about it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So there's going to be one nice spot in there and the rest of it's going to be rubbish, apparently, according to Josh. <laughs> it's I... almost a throwback to when your your captain literally does everything. He's washing the kit, he's the captain on the yeah. pitch, he's doing the DIY, he's selling tickets. He's he's that guy. The thing is, there won't be another player on, on the books who's more invested in the future of it than, than Josh. He stood out head and shoulders last season and, you know, give him the opportunity now, he'll lead them through a hell of high water. It won't be through what they're trying from that point, I tell you. No, he's been a solid, solid member of the team in every, every way. Well, let's, um, let's move away from, from Yeovil for now. Again, Hugo has seemed to have dropped off, so hopefully we get him back <laughs> a little bit later on. But, he just um, dropped some ill-informed opinion about the FA Cup final. Well, and off. then he goes. And, and with that, he's just appeared again. He's coming back. Oh, there he is. Oh, he's in the house now. Hugo's here. Uh, yeah, sorry, mates. Hugo, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this next question over to you because um, it's the Europa League final as we record this tonight, and obviously Jose Mourinho is going to be up there for winning a record. I think he's already got the record number, hasn't he? But he's looking to win another European trophy. Never lost a final, has he? Never lost a final. I read this morning. Never lost a final either. Yeah, I read this morning that Mourinho in a European final hasn't actually conceded a goal since Henrik Larsson scored for Celtic in 2003. So, Hugo, as a fellow Portuguese, how do you see this one going? I think it's a great, um, a great result to the Portuguese uh, football, having a coach again in the, in the final. He's been in the last final of uh, Conference League, and now he's in the, the Europe League. But uh, I think Sevilla is stronger at this moment. As a team, I think Rome have the advantage of having Mourinho as a coach, but uh, Sevilla is a better team, in my opinion. And they are the, the record uh, team of uh, leagues. Like you touched on, Rick, it's one of those where you can kind of, you can, there's an argument for both camps, because as I say, Mourinho's yeah. record is ridiculous, but then so is Sevilla's as a team. So I think. It would probably be a case if Sevilla score, they probably win it. But if, yeah, Ro- if, if Roma win it, they'll be keeping a clean sheet and they'll win it that way. Yeah, I'd rather not talk about the Europa League because that was a competition that was there for winning from uh, from a United point of view. And they chucked it away. And I never want to draw Sevilla again in the European competition, ever. Thank you it means much. It means that they'll win it and you'll get them in the group stage of the Champions League yeah, next probably. season. Yeah, it was uncanny though this year. The number of Spanish teams that that came up against United, uh, remarkable, and it was just one too many. But you can't bet against Sevilla, I don't think, in the final, to be honest. Just because of their record in that competition. They beat well Manchester United at home. At Old Trafford, I think United was stronger, but at Sevilla Stadium, United didn't play. No, didn't turn up. Awful, the game did. Up until the last 10 minutes of the first leg, in in fairness, in the first half at Old Trafford, it looked like it could have been 3 or 4 nil at half-time. And then it was all well and good right up until the last 10 minutes and then two own goals and then the wheels fell off big time. But, uh, yeah, I'd rather not talk about that. Thanks, Hugo, for bringing that one up. Cheers, mate. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're prepared to, to talk about the final that is coming. Yeah, yeah. But Monday, I don't think you want to speak again. About no, the final. Probably not. Uh, look, stop no. going on, Hugo. I shall blackball you. <laughs> well, go on, go on, Aidy. I've got some. I've got some good news for you because I don't know if you've seen today, 
but I thought of you as soon as this news broke, and that is that Andre Mariner has yes. retired. Yeah, Rick's pal. Oh yes. Yeah. Casemiro so, can sleep soundly in his bed now. You Mariner both must be absolutely thrilled with that news. What a dreadful. Well, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I met uh, David. Uh, what's his name? Andrew Mariner. Uh, Andre Mariner. Sorry. Um, Oh, it was a few years ago now, but it was at Hewish Park for a game there, and I can't remember which game it was now, to be honest, but he was there, and he was a very nice guy. I've got to say that. Um, all right, that doesn't necessarily mean he's a good yeah, referee. He's backtracking now, look. He's no, backtracking no, no, now. No, no, I'm just saying that it doesn't mean necessarily that he's a good referee. But as a, as a person, as a human being, I found him very pleasant. Don't fancy mm. him. Don't get the wrong idea. But, um, <laughs> you know... Trevor Kettle was nice, you know. Yeah, well, you know... But um, he was, I, I mean, you compare him, for example, with Michael Oliver, who I think is a miserable, surly-looking sod. <laughs> so you know, I, and he's, he always gives the decisions against us as well. But that's another story, I suppose. But, um, but I thought Hugo, we were... Hugo, is it very? Is it? Um, can I say? Is it a very English thing? For us to have a discussion about who our favourite referees are, and that we're pleased that some of them retire, no. or is it fair to say that's the same across the continent? You don't even compare <laughs> about the way they talk about the referees in Portugal. Yeah. Oh my God! If every single weekend, the fault of any defeat of the big teams is uh, for the the referee is is unbelievable. We have we have every single day, from uh, Sunday to to Saturday. We have programs on TV speaking about football, and the majority of the time is speaking about the referees and the way the games went. So <laughs> you don't compare in that in that team uh, about the way we talk about the referees in Portugal. Do they have VAR in Portugal? Sorry. Do they have VAR? Yeah, yeah, they have. They have. But even with the the VAR, is always problems, you know. Because it's not that's, that's how, how you can say that. No, it's true. Oh, you can say that he's offline, offside. Sorry, offside. A guy by ten centimeters or something like that. It's impossible. The way the ball is going, the way the guy is beginning to run, the way that the referee is looking. So it's so many variables that you can't say that ten centimeters is a, a, a off, offside game. So yeah, I remember a, a goal about uh, I think it was Aguero. A few years ago, that was one centimeter offside mm -hmm. in Manchester City. How can you disable a, a goal like that? So the VAR will help. The VR, the VRR will help, but it's not the, the final decision. It's always someone that is looking and say, "Yeah, I think so. This or I think so that." The trouble is when and you look at the, the offside in general. If you go back about, I don't, I don't know how long it was now, but maybe six or seven years. I'm sure I can remember a time when there was a, a, a referee's uh, uh, notice that they were supposed to give the benefit of the doubt to yeah. the attacking player. Well, and now, that... you look at it now, and it looks like they're trying their damnedest every single time a decision gets reviewed, reasons why they can rule the goal out. Yeah. You know, I mean, it seems it's, to be the primary purpose of it. It's such a negative Anyone... approach to it. Anyone have ever tried to be a referee in one game, one time in their life? Any of you? No. Try no. to be the referee and you will see how difficult it is. Everyone have an opinion. Every player will mm. say it's a fault, is this or that. Everyone. But only a guy must see everything and judge at that moment, at that precise it, moment. It's funny you say that, um, Hugo, because... Ian and I went to school together, and well, actually, I don't know if you remember this. There was a there was a referees like taster day that you could do. So Welchie and I put ourselves forward, and then it turned out that we were the only ones on the minibus that went to this. <laughs> <laughs> then it turned out to be a complete waste of time, and I don't really remember anything. Do you? <laughs> I mean, no, I can't remember that at all, Dave. That's how good it was. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you a story. When I was doing my newspapers, <laughs> I used to go and watch uh, a local village team to, to us here in, in, in Kruka, in Hinton St. George, in the Perry Street League. And I can remember on one particular occasion, 
the referee really got up the player's nose. So much so that 1-1, one, one, he got sent off. So anyway, off he went. But the game carried on. And whilst he was in the changing room getting changed, he proceeded to get all of the referee's clothing and flush it all down the loo. So, I mean, that's the sort of thing you've got to put up with in, in village cricket uh, football in this part of the world. I tell you, it was a classic. It really was. And then he came out and he's, got in his car and drove away, yeah. wheel spinning, right across the pitch as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Who's being a referee? Look, the referee decides in that moment how many cameras you will have in the stadium from all angles you can imagine, seeing that, no, maybe this or that, or and the referee don't have any any of that helps and they have to decide in that moment it's not easy of course that if you if you are from the team that is winning was a good decision if you are well, let's the team let's of... let's do our best to move away from it purely from the fact that we're now where football's come to an end we want to kind of move away from the var chat because you know we, we we have to do it every week don't we we now we're actually doing it generically when there isn't even a decision to talk about <laughs> let me ask hugo a question how long is it now since you were over here hugo playing uh 2004 so we'll be around the six ten 18 or uh, 18 90 years yeah, yeah. 18, can you remember your favorite game that you played for Town? during your time here Liverpool is a mark yeah Liverpool is yeah but, but something that you surely, never forget. surely the fact you lost that one and there was the controversy about our friend Mr Harry Kuehl I mean I would have thought that wouldn't have been your favourite game uh, no I, not my favourite game is my my most memorable game but yeah. my favourite game was the first when we went to North and was the first uh, National League for Town too yeah so that was the most Unbelievable game, because it was the first in the National League. Second, because it was a lot of fans that traveled. I think it was uh, six six hours by car yeah. to see the, the game in the do north. You mean, do you mean the football league? Sorry, Hugo. When it was in the, the football league, league season. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, Barry. It was far, far away. Oh, Rochdale. Rochdale, wasn't it? 000, yeah, Rochdale. Rochdale. I first had a game in the league. Yeah. 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 It, it was, was around, the season. It was stifling baking, hot. Baking hot day. Yeah. Baking yeah. Hot day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, four thousand, four thousand. I think fans that went up yeah. to the game, four, five thousand. So driving six hours by car to see the, the team playing the north, I think that was unbelievable. Yeah, well, and you, you all talk that about around the club. You talk about Yeovil being a strong team. I certainly think the number of supporters, as a as a rule, they take to away games is is an indication of just how strong they are. And, and to, to know that the, the non-league newspaper, for example, were in absolute tears when Yeovil got uh, promoted to the national uh, to the uh, football league, they were they because they were Yeovil were the team as far as the non-league paper was concerned. They sold so many copies on the back of Yeovil Town being in that league. We were strong, very strong. But but the fans need to to be back again and reunited again with the club because the things I'm reading is that the gates are lower now and of course the team is not winning and that, that doesn't help but the fans need to help the team too you know, go to see the games, push the lads up yeah. because only the lads playing in the in the, the stadium that will be what, one, one, 100 persons or it's nothing, you know, you need to, to become to have the gates again of six thousand, seven thousand, like we used to have, is important to the team. Yeah. And in the first games, will be massive to the team mm. to have big crowd. The new owners said, hasn't he, in the last week that season ticket sales are up on this stage at last season, even though we don't know, don't know if you know, Ian, the figure of how many we actually sold last season. But he said already at this stage of the uh, close season, sales are up. So that's a uh, a good sign. I know they've gone down slightly, but we are playing at a, bleak, a lower level, aren't we? So, uh, swings around about. So, that's a good sign. So, I'm sure we'll be, I think there'll be, you know, limits <clears> on, you know, there'll be first come, first serve for some of the away grounds we're going to, where capacity is around three or four thousand. You know, there'll only be, um, it'll be first come, first serve from the season ticket holders to actually go to the away game. 
we need we need to copy the recent Wrexham story, you know, mm. all the the buzzy about the the. the Are the you gonna buy it, Hugo? The... You gonna put your money where your mouth is and buy it? <laughs> no, no. Who would I, play I you? Don't Which famous actor would play you, Hugo? <laughs> so, sorry. Which famous actor would play you in the Yeovil Town story? <laughs> <laughs> you need, you need, you are you are talking what famous? I didn't heard all the the the. the... I said what if we are... made a Yerbal Town story like Repsim, which famous actor would you want to play Hugo Rodriguez? Um, the part... DiCaprio, I, I, yeah? <laughs> of no, course. No, I, I only want to be Hugo Rodriguez the fan, you know? <laughs> like a normal, a regular fan in the movie. Because I think the, the big, the big uh, players of that story will be the, the guys that are doing now the job. That they need to... to the help that we need to give is now to that guys. Yeah, new the heroes. Yeah. New heroes for the coming season. The story yeah. is story to the books. Now they need to, to rewrite the new story. And the only thing we can do and help is be in the games and trying to, to support them. Oh, so how do, you get a, how do you get a team that doesn't score to score? <laughs> and quite Working. a few. Working, changing the mentality. I think when, mm. when you lose one game, then you lose the second. At yeah. the third game, you're going with the, your mind is that, oh my God, if a ball goes to the, to the net, it's, it's goal. You know, every kind of ball that is around the, the goal will be in the net. And you need to change that. When, the, when you are uh, mentality in the good shape, everything goes well. You know, if, if you kick with the hands, like we used to say in Portugal, the goal... The, the ball is going to the goal because you are in that mood that everything's going well, everything's going fantastic. If you are with the mentality down, you have a lot of, of uh, you have a lot of teams that can be an example on that. No, so, Manchester United, for example, this season and backing again with Manchester United, is a lot <laughs> of times. It's true. Look some games, for example, the way they play against Tottenham, the way they play against Liverpool. It was the mentality. They are the same players yeah. that are now in the final and look how they perform in that game. So I think today is a, a big part of the game, the, the way the mentality of the players and the way they are fit, mentally speaking. And I think at this moment, that is the most important thing that the coach, the gaffer, will, will do with the team. Changing the mentality. Because you are in the club that is coming down at uh, five, six years straight you know always in the bottom always going down and you need to change it that is the major i think that is the uh, if he can do it they will win the promotion easily but well, you need to change it quickly well so the ideal result on the first game of the season is got to be a six nil home win <laughs> no no it's, it's to win Forget the six, the seven goals. No, well, we want to get the win. crowd back. The more you get the crowd back, the more you're yeah, going to shine. The crowd will come <clears> back <throat> with the winning games. You win one nil, then you win another one nil. And when you realize you are playing good football and maybe you score two, three, four. But mm -hmm. the main thing, and that is where Mourinho, for example, is an expert. He win one nil. He went to Bayern Leverkusen and he draw zero zero and he didn't done one one kick in the goal. One. He didn't strike once in the, in the game. And he's in the final. What you're going to remember is that Mourinho was in the final and he wins. And that is with, that will begin the, we'll, a new we'll way. Clip, we'll clip that up, Rick, should uh, Sevilla win the game. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's true. No, no, I, I agree with you. I do agree you, with it's you. Right, it's right what Hugo's saying. If you've got a team after, you know, you go six weeks into the season and Yeovil sat on top of the division, Automatically, people are going to come to a successful yeah. to watch a successful team, no matter how you're playing, what you're whether you're scraping by one nil or whatever. If you're top of the division, that's the team that people are going to want to come and watch. And, yeah. and the confidence of the team, the confidence of the team will be different because yeah. if you win, you are more confident. It's normal. The things will will flow better. The, the, the team playing better. The confidence is total, totally different. Is it true that you're going into a job as a, a football psychiatrist? No, no. I do that with my client. That is enough. Not in the football. Is in the bank is enough. 
So what about what about Porto this season then, Hugo, or the next, you know, the new season coming up? What are they going to do? I think it's a big question mark because they are talking about uh, the coach to going to Naples, yeah. Conceição, and if you lose him, Porto will will struggle a lot. Is 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 the heart of Porto at this stage? Hugo, just if on that, lose him, who 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 would be the strongest Portuguese team that English teams have to worry about in Europe next season? You're, I'm I'm assuming by that you're not going to say it's Porto. So unfortunately, is it is it going to be either? And Fika, presumably. No, depends. Depends. Uh, for example, depends the team that we catch from the, the English side. If you catch, for example, Liverpool against Porto, oh my God! I will say, I hope we didn't play against them again. Uh, another always, hammering. No, <laughs> if it's Manchester United, for example, or another team, for example, Sporting beat Arsenal, and Arsenal was top <laughs> of the league. That's true. Sporting yeah. of Portugal was fourth in the league this season. Arsenal was top of the table at that stage when they met them. And Sporting went to, to London and beat them. Wonderful so, goal as well. Yeah, brilliant one. So depends the, the, the time of the season that things are. Depends in Porto in Porto style. Depends of the if the coach the coach at this stage is is ninety percent of the team. The way he works, the way he put the pressure on the team is <clears throat> a genius. So you haven't He's answered really the question now. Who's going to be the most? Uh, te- well, which team are English teams going to want to avoid the most? City. No, City no, no. Is the biggest. No, you got it the wrong way Portugal, around. We are always competitive in the in the Champions League. Porto is always competitive. Uh, I think better than than the uh, Benfica. I think Benfica will invest more money in players than Porto. So maybe Benfica. So maybe. So, the team that is always um, struggling, sorry, I realise that we've only really got a few minutes left. Um, Rick, it's emerged today that the Celtic manager is now the front runner for Spurs. Um, is this a choice that you think Levy will be 100% behind? Or is this a case of who's next in the who might, would, who might like to manage Tottenham real? If I was his Costa Podler, isn't it? Is that how you pronounce his name? That's one for eighty. That yeah. Don't ask me. If I was him, his reputation is very high at the moment. His stock's very high. I'd wait for a big club to come to Tottenham. Celtic are a bigger club. Celtic are a bigger club than Spurs. It's a better position to be in. The thing with the with the Spurs thing is, has there ever been a more Spursy season than? being fourth with a couple of months to go and then missing out on Europe completely. It's an absolute shit show at that club. I wouldn't want to, if I was a manager, I wouldn't touch it with a barge pole. It's a job for somebody they, else. They have big names. Why they don't look to the neighbours? They have Marco Silva near them. Yeah. Why they mm-hmm. don't pick them? He's, he's around the corner. So go there, yeah. pay. He brings but then he's, got, he's got Fulham playing away. What, what In a certain way that's attractive, apart from when Mitrovic takes penalties. Other than that, they're doing very well. Why would you go to Spurs? Because Why they, would they you are, go to Spurs? They have a big players than Fulham have. I think Tottenham have a big squad, good squad. You know, maybe it's a lack of luck in some games. Maybe the the, the managers, maybe the president that want to 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 speak and work more in the team that they, they should do. On because the playing the, side, on the playing side as well, Hugo. If, Kane was to move on, which you've spoken about a lot. He is. Mitrovic. I was just going to say Mitrovic wouldn't actually be the worst replacement in the world, would he? Really? No, but Kane's going to be. Uh, he's already. He's just come out and done an interview today that says he wants to finish his career in the NFL. He wants to be a kicker in the NFL, so that's got to be more lucrative than playing for Spurs, isn't it? I mean, I would have thought it's got to the point though where if you are a manager. Uh, it's it's almost now you're in this sort of line of people. All the best ones have been ticked off. No, they're not doing it. So surely most of these these sort of if you like middle class managers, for a want of a better way of putting it, are going to be looking and thinking, well, hang on a minute, uh, you know they've gone far at the first five. I'm not going to say I'll do the job now. I, I, I'm a, I'm a big wheel. If I'm going to be manager of Watford or wherever. 
But, you know, I, I would have thought they're, they're demeaning their own careers if they say, yeah, they'll take the Tottenham job. Trouble out. is, eh, this, this happened, was it last year or year before? It would have been year before when people started turning down Tottenham. So they ended what? up going with the Wolves manager. What? And then he was sacked after, what, two months? Yeah. What was he? He was fourth choice that season anyway. And it's yeah. a similar situation now. Why you speak so about Spurs? In? Why you speak about Spurs if Chelsea was, was worse? And they spend more money. Yep. And it's worse than, than Spurs in the season. But they're sorted now. They've, they've sorted. They've got Pochettino coming in. So they've not got to worry about it now. We will and see the next season. Down. They've bottomed out. They can't possibly have a season as bad as the one that they've just had. Whereas Spurs are in... They look like they're in free fall. So I just I just think it's one of those jobs. Well, to just because we've only got a few minutes left, Rick, um, I want to sort of just touch on what happened in Germany because, yes, we always talk about Spurs right. as being the team that yeah. um, are Spursy, um, in inverted commons. Well, that apparently doing a Dortmund is also quite a thing in Germany. And um, as you would have seen, they just had to beat Mainz at home, who had lost yeah. their last four or five, I think it was. Unbelievable. Finished 2-2, and then Bayern got a late winner in their game, won the league, and I'm pretty sure Dortmund missed a penalty as well. So pretty much everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And I guess the parallel would be Dortmund and Spurs, Rick. Yeah. And now that looks like they're going to probably lose uh, Bellingham to Real Madrid as well. So from what could have been potentially a massive high. Everybody in Germany that isn't a Munich supporter wants somebody else to win that division. It's getting the same way as... Did I, you see the I, reaction of the fans to the Dortmund manager? Because that was quite something. No, what did they do? So they, nobody was sure. which, um, was up in arms about not winning it. Just everyone put their arms around each other and sang right in front of the manager uh, who just burst into tears and basically said yeah. sorry. Like it was Is a big... yellow, like, yellow yeah. wall? In the yellow yeah. wall, it's incredible. It yeah. wouldn't wouldn't happen like that. Could you imagine if that happened with Mikel Arteta, who lost it on the last day, and all the Arsenal fans would be singing his name and saying, "Don't <laughs> worry about it." I think it would probably be a different reaction. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talking about football that's going on in Europe, how have we managed to get through an entire podcast and not mention West Ham? We've got a chance of winning a European trophy there, and uh, maybe that's one for next week. Oh well, very quickly because it is yeah, next week. Oh, yes, it is. It's next, next yeah, it's Wednesday. Not this... Yes, it is. Yeah. I was going to say, do we think, who do we think is going to win it? But yeah, maybe we'll save that one for next week. Depending on the result of Saturday, that might be something to discuss at length on Monday because there might be a result that nobody's very keen on talking about. Talking of German football, can I just oh. get this in a minute? Well, um, you tell me. You're the one who normally tells me to wrap it up. So you have yeah, well, no, well, we're all right for a minute. I've got two minutes yet. Um, Hugo, was was uh, Anthony Barry at the club when you were there? No, I don't think so. No, I thought he might. I don't have been. remember. That's ruined his anecdote already. Look. Mm, no, don't worry. No, it's just it's <laughs> he was just after Aid. I think Aid Anthony Barry was just after Hugo. Was he? The mm. season, the the season after, yeah. Could be. So, I, yeah. No, I just didn't know if you you sort of followed his his career because he went from us to. I think it was Accrington Stanley, amongst other clubs. And then eventually, the next thing I heard of him, he was, well, I, I keep in touch with him pretty regularly now. But um, he's um, he's coach now, or he was a coach at Chelsea. And doing doing very well, um, very friendly with Thomas Tuchel. And the next thing we hear, Anthony Barry is uh, a million pound compensation fee is paid between uh, Bayern Munich, Munich and Chelsea. And Anthony Barry now is is the man sitting on the right hand of Thomas Tuchel. Serious? Yeah. You're in the wrong job, Hugo. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Missed out there, son. Yeah. I mean, he's he's obviously a very good coach, but um, yeah. But that's that's the story so far. Well, you should have got him on to talk about Munich. I've been trying to get him on. The, do you think I haven't been trying? Chelsea wouldn't allow him. They wouldn't allow him to do it. Which was annoying. He was on Chelsea youth teams or in the main team? No, the main team. If, the you, main team. if you go back and watch some of Chelsea's European games, you'll see him every every game. He's there chatting to Tuchel. And so. Skibo. Skibo was in the in the Charlton too. Uh, yeah, no, he's at a, AFC Wimbledon now. 
Yeah, I've seen him really? in. He's, he's assistant at AFC Wimbledon, League Two. Yeah. Not quite by the... Munich. <laughs> and, and with that, gentlemen, I'm going to have to cut you off this time because we've gone a minute over. So yeah, it's... Well, that's your fault. You blithering on the Hey, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if we're over. Now we're fully podcast yeah. on Three well, Valleys Radio. Well, yeah. no, that's true enough, but, uh, you know. But anyway, um, gentlemen, thank you very much for coming on the show. Gavin, thank you. Thanks, AD. Thanks, Ian, everyone. good to have you on. First time. Oh, yeah. we've, been, we've been waiting in bated breath for you to come on. Hilda, thanks for holding the, the ship together. And, of course, our, our European correspondent, Hugo. Next time, yeah. we don't want to see your car. We want to see you. Yeah, uh, but this, this, at that that uh, six o'clock in the afternoon, I'm coming out of the job. Oh right, well a bit of bit of um, what's it called? Oh. I have two weeks now in the holidays. I'm going to France next week, and the other one I will be in Portugal. All oh, right, well we'll get you back on in a few weeks. All right, <laughs> I will okay. contact you. Don't worry. You won't get to get away that easily. It doesn't matter where. It doesn't matter where you he are. Right find you. No, we'll yeah. track you down. Get me in Paris, Munich, like or Ian somewhere Wilson. else. Don't go to Don't go to Munich because he'll contact Anthony Barry and he'll have you. So yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and and Rick, thank you very much, mate. We'll uh, have a. Let's hope we have a good weekend, eh? Both cricket and let's football. Let's hope we have an amazing weekend. That would yeah. be lovely. Thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. And uh, basically, what I can say is, football. Bloody hell. Good night.